Hello, thank you for joining Webby by Bookie. This podcast is taking me longer than usual to record because I needed to get the right people in the room. I had a lot of people in mind, but I'm absolutely glad um, that I finally recorded the conversation with my uncle, Uncle Bimbo, and my husband. And it's exactly perfect because they are the people that I would naturally be having this sort of conversation with. The context of the mood is fire. The poem is on the website um, and the audio and the words. So please go and listen to it and then come back to the podcast. It's absolutely about how do we ask the question? How do we engage with our government? What is the role of protest in the 21st century? What does that look like and how can it be more effective? Um, so really, really ripe for this time. Um, you don't have to agree. Listen to the conversation. I learned a lot. It was really useful. I hope it sparks conversations. Comment and let me know what you think. This is Worldview by Bookie. Thank you for joining the conversation. Today we will be discussing my latest poem, The Mood is Fire. And I've got today two really um, interesting guests. They are my family, uh, my husband, Danny Gaga. Say hello. Hi. And my uncle, Uncle Bimbo. Hi, how you doing? Hi, thank you so much. I think it's entirely appropriate that I have family here today because I think it reflects the conversations that are probably taking place in many homes across the country. I completed the Moodis Fire in 2020 after the NSARS movement because I felt it really conveyed my emotions around the injustice. Um, so my anger about what was going on um, in Nigeria, and obviously we've had Black Lives Matter. So I'd like to find out from my family members what they think um, about both the poem, but more importantly, what they think about what's been happening and the response so far. I'm going to ask Uncle like a very pointed question, you know, um, what what is your view on protests? How effective do you think protests are in terms of making actual change? I know protests are effective in, in, in expression, expressing your, you know, your, your position. But how effective do you think protests are or can be um, in making long lasting change? Yeah, uh... I think I, I think now when we talk about protests, and, and I think that that that's the answer is one being been a very good one, and and also the the BLM one, is that when you when when your protest starts and there you have clear objective and aims, I think it can be very 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 effective. So for the NSAS, for example, uh, you, you, you had the, the um, demands. One of the demands was to the disbandment of SANS, and, and that was met. So the question now becomes, what is the next step for the protest? And mm -hmm. then when, when, when does, because one of the things you now have in Nigeria is now, the, now just the term hoodlums. So, so when, when, when does the protest end? When does negotiation start? Mm -hmm. And when do you say to yourself that we've reached that point of agreement or that point of settlement? And then, and I believe that one, even when the protest starts, there must be an end point for a protest because once it goes eternal, it becomes a problem because it loses its momentum. I believe now it now depends also on the government of the day and how, how they're sensitive 
to what to, to the voice to the mm. voice of the people. Now, like I said, you know, I remember the sub riots. Uh, I think that was eighty nine. Now, and I remember because that was a clear that that was a, 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 a the masses saying we do not want this economic program to be pursued, and the government just mm. ignoring that. And so, 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 mm. so it, it now depends. You, but when you have protests, so again, I remember protests when Mandela was in prison against apartheid. Now that was that, that was quite mm. effective. Um, so protest has been around for a long, for a long time, but it now become. I think it now becomes um, one how you can articulate uh, your voice. But we're now in a new age, and I, I, I must say that now I'm learning more from my daughters, really. Because the Black Lives Matter, for example, daughters um, 16 and 12, they're now more involved. They now can articulate uh, an argument. They now also, mm -hmm. so, so it's not just protests on the streets now. So they now go to school and in school they ask a question, write us a story or write us a poem or write, write us a narrative. And they can now write about Black Lives Matter. So that itself uh, and somehow it's mm. beginning to influence the, the curricula. Somehow it's beginning to influence how schools actually teach about black lives, about, about black lives and black history. And that itself, mm. so that itself for me is a result. So it, I, I, I do accept that things are changing because the way protests are done now uh, with the impact of social media is different from how it was done decades ago. So, I, so yes, I, and, and I know, mm. I think, I'm not sure whether it was Dan that mentioned the Hong Kong um, riot, for example, about the influence of China. That itself, that, because th that, that was a protest that was, you know, they're fighting for the soul of, the, of, of, of mm. Hong Kong. You know, they're, they're fighting for mm -hmm. the, not for the soul and the future, not just for them and for the life of their kids and mm. the kids and kids, and they're willing to lay their lives down for. So it's it's overall, it is whether it's effective or not, it's always a, it's always a stomping ground. It, it gives a first voice to say this is something we're not happy about, and then how it moves on, I guess over time, whether it's short term or long term, I always believe it ends up being effective. Oh, wow. That is, hmm, I mean, I, I think that's a really interesting position. And it's probably the position that I guess most people would agree with. And mm. not until recently did I, I mean, when the whole NSARS and even Black Lives Matter protests as they kind of took place within different states in America. My geography is terrible, so I'm not going to even try and name any state. But as they were kind of um, evolving across America, you know, I was so, if I'm really, really honest, and I even feel afraid to say this because I almost feel like you have to be really careful what you say not to offend the mm -hmm. movement, <laughs> really. Um, but um, just trying to gather my train of thoughts. But I, I started to worry that we didn't have a clear, I mean, obviously things like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, where you know, they, they, certain things were very clear. But in terms mm. of, you know, the future of black people in America. I was just a lot of times I was thinking, you know, so at what point do we know what is enough? You know, what mm. what exactly would stop the protest? Is it a case of, you know, banning I don't know what I, what what is the thing that would be enough to to essentially bring 
a, a state of um, willingness to move forward. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, if I, yeah, if I could just um, comment on that. I think uh, it's a really interesting point. And I think, um, you know, just like Uncle, Uncle B mentioned, like, uh, obviously, it needs to be clear uh, why you're protesting. You know, your, your objectives need to be uh, clear. But, uh, you know, there are, there are two sides uh, of um, potential protesters. There's you know, the, the ones who are, you know, protesting to protect something that they already have. Mm. And then another that are protesting to get something that they don't have, right? Mm. And and I think it's a lot easier to be more articulate and uh, and uh, you know have better organization and uh, clearer objectives when you're protecting something that you already have. So, like for example, in the case in uh, in um, Hong Kong, uh, I would say um, you know they already have this you know, autonomy, albeit uh, time limited, you know, uh, to uh, I think maybe 2040 or something. And I can't remember exactly when, when they would finally sort of like, you know, uh, succeed uh, uh, their autonomy to, to China. Uh, but in the meantime, they were not willing to budge at all. And so, you know, basically it was holding their ground and that was what the protest was about. And so it was mm. really clear, you know, they know what good looks like. Uh, same with extinction rebellion as well. Like you know, you, you know, these people protesting climate change. So basically, we are we have experienced and we have lived in states of climate that have been uh, you know conducive and uh, sustainable, and got into the point now where we are losing that. So they're trying to make changes to protect this position. I think it's it's. It is uh, a lot easier to come up with objective um, uh, uh, goals there. However, when it comes to uh, like the Black Lives Matter, you know, it, it's something that we don't have, uh, which is you know, you know, global racial equality, and mm. then, you know, achieving that in one fell swoop is virtually uh, impossible. You just have to almost like chip away at it, you know, little by little. You know, you chip away for. Uh, you know, uh, from an America perspective, to uh, remove from the Constitution that you know black people were uh, humans, you know, not um, was it, what was the ratio? I think was it uh, three fifths of a human being or something like that? Mm. Uh, and then getting uh, to the next fight of uh, you know uh, you know ending segregation and you know, slavery and and you know you get you get it, you get the gist, right? So um, if somebody came at that point to say. You know, not only do I not want to be um, uh, considered a whole human being, <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to also have, you know, complete everything you have exactly complete piracy, and it's going to be ridiculous, right? And so, so even if somebody uh, the protests with clear objectives of being considered as a whole human being, and there will always be this residual, you know, lingering. Uh, you know, uh, desire for the next thing, and it's it's just going to you know uh, fester uh, in the atmosphere. And and I think it's the same with with the NSARS movement. You know, the ultimate goal is you know, ending bad governance. But if somebody comes and says that you know, let's just wipe away all the generation of Obasanjo uh, Babangida and all those people who still uh, rule the nation by proxy, one form or the other. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, ridiculous. But uh, I think uh, you know, find ourselves in a situation where 
starting with uh, police reforms and then moving on that to onto other issues like you know the healthcare uh, sector, education, transport, power, all of these things uh, needs to come into the equation uh, to fulfill the ultimate uh, long-term goal of waffled uh, on for a bit. No, I think, yeah, I think that was powerful. Mkwimbo, yeah, feel free and, to and, jump and in. And that's true because even um, even even when a child babbles, they sometimes they do make sense. So, you, you know, I... I and that's a fact, you know. And it's, it's the same thing with these movements, isn't it? Because to me, and that's that's to me. So Black Lives Matter is not is nothing new, you know. It's it's not different from what Martin Luther King was saying, you know. It's it's the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the the speech and the you know the fight for equality, and 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 that's what, and 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 that what has manifested over the decades. I think we can say decades now. And now you've seen a new movement now. Who was saying because the good thing that we're seeing is that the, the the present generation is always stronger and more more always more articulate than the than the past generation and that's a good thing that we, that we're seeing now mm. that these guys are looking and saying hold on a minute we we're told of an American dream we've not seen that dream yet ah uh, we've been told of this mm. beautiful democratic institution and capitalism and we're told about equality of wealth and distribution of wealth. Ah, guess what? We've not seen that either. Ah, we're told that the uh, the, the police force um, or the police services are meant to be our friend and they're meant to protect us. Ah, wait a minute. There's a disproper- the, the amount uh, of people of color be, being killed or black people being killed or arrested or incarcerated. Ah, it's mm. very, very high compared to any other race. Wait a minute. There's something wrong here, and that itself um, generates, for, you know, from from mamas, it generates it generates a voice, and from a voice, it generates a movement. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Now, this might be ongoing. It might be a, another one now, another one, another generation. But at least it's a continuation of the injustice. And now, even you see in, in America, which which is, again, for me, it's quite it's, it's quite. It's quite interesting from a political point of view. The the natural assumption before that, but if you're of ethnic minority, you have to vote for the Democratic Party. Suddenly, you know, you have some you have some um, some uh, uh, black people now saying, "Hold on a minute, what have they and what have they done for you in the past?" You know, you've had promises and promises and promises mm-hmm. over decades to say, "Don't vote Republican," you know, "Vote vote Democratic Party," because they're the party who who would naturally who would naturally take care of you. You even have uh, Biden saying, uh, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." Because they because they take it for granted. Then you have some 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 um, uh, successful black people are saying, "Hold on a minute, but that's not really right." As a black people, as a movement, mm. as a race, we should be able to sit down and individually decide who actually who yeah who who, who is support, we want to who support? actually benefits us most who, who exactly our needs exactly. And mm. and that for me mm. itself is quite powerful. There are discussions now about defunding the police in the United States. There are discussions around how they interact with society. There are discussions around how they recruit. So for me, that itself are very powerful things that are happening. The problem with government, government, government and governance is always the implementation, and is always the the um, ability for the movement to just stay on course without getting railroaded into other areas. And as long as they do that, 
um, it becomes it becomes it becomes more powerful because uh, just as a sideways, I think Black mm-hmm. Lives Movement in the UK, for example, you know, uh, uh, there, there was an attempt to register it as a political party, and then you have the Black Lives Matter saying we're not a political party, we're a movement. So suddenly now you you begin to have this disjointed messaging. So as long as we you know they they we we they stay together and continue to articulate our concerns and our and our and our issues and with the core being that what we want is equality in terms of treatment equality in terms of opportunity i think it it will always be uh, be a powerful voice yeah okay i mean we've literally got only a few minutes left so I just want to let everybody know that we did not rehearse this conversation. <laughs> this is my family. This is bread and butter conversation. Uncle Bimbo is one of those people whose houses we go to, Danny and I, and we're just there. We want to chill, eat a meal, see the cousins. And four hours later, we're discussing politics, and I'm not sure if anybody <laughs> has eaten anything. So really, <laughs> this is just how um, our conversations tend to evolve, and it's just fabulous. So thank you so much. My final question um, is, and I want your final thoughts on this as well. The poem, there was a line I wrote, which the poem actually doesn't, um, it's not, I don't have, I'm not, I don't lean on either side of the approach or the response, whether you are the burn it down person or you are the, you know, let's sit down and let's sit down and think about this properly person. Um, but there was a there was a line I wrote, uh, a couple of lines I wrote, and I I I'm really interested in your thought. Um, it says, um, "Where are the leaders elected? Elected the elders of wisdom. You await the angry population to decide for the next generation." And as I wrote that, I thought, "But that is what is happening now. The angry population is saying we don't want the elected leaders to decide for us." You know, we know what we want and we want to be able to decide that future. So I wonder what is your, um, do, can we still trust governments to deliver for us or um, have those days passed where we, you know, we elect people, we sit back because we put our trust in people who are in positions of authority and allow them and expect them to make the right decisions on our behalf. I, w- I just wonder what your final thoughts are on what is the role, what is my role, your role as an individual in engaging with the government and just saying mm-hmm. this in the light of obviously the US elections are coming up soon, um, Nigeria yeah. elections are coming up soon, everyone is talking about that. So whoever wants to jump in for, first. For, for me, for me, for me it, it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite simple and I um, believe the absence of governance itself is, is anarchy. So, so for me, that, that, that's even a non-starter. But then I also push back when we describe political appointees as leaders. They're not leaders. You know, basically, they have a mandate. And the mandate is based on what was mm. campaigned for. And the mandate was based on what was promised. And 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 to be honest, all the all these mm-hmm. all these movements and your poem here, it's, it's it, and that's the question it is asking. You know, we, we, when we put you in office, you're in office to basically implement what you promised us during during the campaign, and that's what's happening now. 
because you, you, in the American elections, you're hearing loads of promises being made to people across the across the, uh, the the spectrum you know black white everybody you know th th there's going to be uh, medicaid there's going to be medicare there's going to be this you'll be taken care of and this and the problem is once they get into office then they forget that they are actual servant leaders then they just become leaders and i think that's where the trust breaks down because once the trust breaks down that's where the problem starts to happen because the all these movements we're, we're talking about here it's all about whole Hold on, uh, Mr. Politician or Mr. Parliamentary or MP, Mr. President, you're not holding your side of the bargain, and I have a problem with that. And if you mm. even try to use authority or force against me, I'm going to push back, and that's what we and and that's what we're saying. Mm. And I think and I think that was just reflected okay. beautifully in your in your in your in, in in your poem here, you know, because it's 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 it is a legitimate question, but what do we have to do? Well. Unfortunately, in a democratic society, all we have to do is just wait for the next year and just people just go out and just, you know, either put themselves forward or vote for, you know, vote for who they, who, who, who they think can best represent their, their views. Okay, thank you, Danny. Last thoughts, one minute. Um, yeah, just echoing thing could be mentioned. I mean, obviously, um, that's the only way you can um engage um you know with leadership in going through the democratic um uh, processes you know but however i also say that you no know, there is a uh you have to also consider the people who uh feel disenfranchised yeah. from the political process so they don't they don't feel like their voices uh, uh can be captured and so uh, hence why i i feel like you know this uh, digital age is a really interesting time for those people can uh, still somehow um, punch above their weight, so to speak, um, in such situations. Okay, I think we, I think we have covered <laughs> just about everything um, that I wanted us to cover. Thank you so, so much. I wonder what, you know, everyone else thinks, what their position is um, on what's going on um, and our role as individuals in society. You know, um, this is a really interesting time. And I hope that it's not just a reflection of the fact that we're all at home and we've got less to do and therefore we're more engaged. I hope that it is a, it carries on into the future. These are things that we, behaviours, patterns that we're going to carry on into 2021, into 2020, 2050. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much, Uncle Bimbo, for thank your you time. Much. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for all the thought that you've put put you know put forward. I it just Thank you very much. a lot for me to Good. chew on. Danny, <laughs> this is bread and butter in our house. So thank you for bringing it. Um, I'm just so grateful. Thank you once again, everyone. Thank you very much. And I'll, Beautiful we'll be hearing thank from you. you soon. Bye.